I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Good morning, Kingstown Communion. My name is Quentin Hoffman, and I'll be reading the scripture today. First one is Matthew 1:18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is in us. The next scripture is Luke 2, 8-14. In that region where the shepherds living in the fields kept watching over their flock by night, Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. 
This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, God to glory in the highest heaven and on the earth peace among those whom he favors. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, which means it's the fourth and final week in our sermon series, Heaven and Nature Sing, where we have been believing together that what we need this Advent and this Christmas season is to fill the night with God's music and God's light. And so we have done that through lighting our Advent candles together. I hope that you have joined along with us in that from your home. And we've done that by, by listening into the songs of heaven and nature and humanity, the music that scripture composes and invites us to sing along this season. If you remember the first week we heard the song of the prophets of Isaiah and John the Baptist propelling us to prepare for the Christ child by singing even this year, go tell it on the mountain that hope is coming, that Jesus is born. The, the second week, if you remember, we heard the song of nature groaning in tune with that hymn of longing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, come, divine love, offer us that love that brings healing and wholeness to all the earth. Last week, we got a little more intimate. And we heard the song of Mary, the Magnificat, singing still from the most hidden and vulnerable and raw places within her joy to the world. The Lord has come. And finally today, in this series that we've entitled Heaven and Nature Sing, we finally actually get to hear from heaven. Hark! Today, the herald angels sing, friends. Today, it is the angels that we have heard on high. And what does heaven always seem to sing? Did you catch it as, as Q read for us today's scripture? Did you catch the song of heaven? Don't be afraid. This is always the first thing that comes out of the mouth. Don't be afraid. Be ye not afraid. Do not fear. Fear not. However you translate it, angel voices always issue this holy invitation to lean into courage rather than giving way to fear. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, the angel Gabriel promised, that young, engaged, yet unmarried peasant girl named Mary. And after the angel tried to help her lean into courage, he immediately delivered the very odd, holy, terrifying, amazing news that if, if her heart was open to it, 
God's creative power was going to take place in her very own body and she would be the one who would smuggle God's love into the world through the birth of a baby. But first, Mary, don't be afraid. In the Gospel of Matthew, the angel delivered that do not be afraid message to Joseph as well as he dreamt. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid, the angel called out to him. And after trying to point Joseph in the direction of courage, the angel then delivered that very awkward truth about what had happened with Mary, his fiancée, and how he, the soon-to-be husband, but not the father, was being called to name that baby Jesus and to adopt him as his own, loving him and raising him and, and then learning to give, to give him away just as Mary would learn to do. But first, don't be afraid, Joseph. And then the shepherds, the shepherds heard those words as well. There they were, just minding their own business, watching their sheep in some field, just doing their jobs, when suddenly brightness broke out all around them and angels appeared. Don't be afraid, the voice of heaven called to them. And then the angel told the shepherds of, of the birth, a birth that was to be good news of great joy for all the people. And the shepherds like Mary, like Joseph, decided to lean into courage rather than give into fear. And they immediately took off to see what they would find. But again, the first words from holy mouths, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be not afraid. Fear not. These are Christmas words for sure, friends, but, but they are also some of the most powerful words in all of Scripture for every day of our lives, not just the fourth Sunday of Advent, for this, this holy call to have courage, to not be afraid, speaks in direct opposition to the growing environment of fear that permeates so much of our lives these weary, weary days. Like pandemic-sized fear. Fear of death, fear of illness, fear of aging, fear of, of becoming irrelevant or unimportant, fear of violence, of others who, who look different or believe different or love differently than us, fear of, of not having enough or of, of losing what we do have, fear of the unknown, fear of being alone, fear of another year without seeing our loved ones, fear of feeling helpless in the face of systemic problems like racism and climate change, fear of not being good enough, of never being good enough, and even perhaps fear of God. And I'm not talking about the biblical fear of God, meaning like reverence for God. I mean fear of God as in afraid of, scared of, terrified even of the one for whom we wait this season. Like that kind of theological fear 
that, that gets mixed in. It got mixed in early in faith, and as much as we know it's not of God, we still, we still ask, what did I do? What am I doing wrong for God to be doing this to me? So much of what gets publicly lifted up about Christianity, but by both non-Christians and Christians alike, traffics in that kind of fear. As one of my favorite Christian authors, Leonard Sweet writes, religion, it often spreads fear so that it can sell hope. And yet, don't be afraid is what the angels, those heavenly messengers from the Holy One, always say first, fear not. That is the message God repeatedly gives them to proclaim and sing to all the world. Be not afraid. On a Zoom call that I was on this week with United Methodist clergy from across the states, most of whom I do not know, there was this one retired Methodist minister from Texas, and at one point he said, I spent my entire 40 years of ministry preaching over and over and over again in a variety of ways that God is not a creep and God is not a bully. And of course, this was his, his very colloquial way of saying he tried his whole ministry to help people fully hear the song of heaven. The words of the angels, don't be afraid that God is out to get you. Don't be afraid you are not good enough. Don't be afraid that the chaos of the world will win. Don't be afraid that hate and violence and ignorance are, are slowly taking over. It, it might seem like it at times, but they're not. So don't be afraid. Fear not. Or as he put it, trust that God is not a creep and God is not a bully. But how do we know? Friends, how do we know we really don't need to be afraid? How do we know? There is so, so much fear to go around. There's so much fear to go around and it gets louder all the time. And many of our public leaders are counting on our fear increasing in the hope that might translate into our allegiances and votes. Much of our public life is dominated by fear. So how do we know we don't need to give in to that fear? How do we know to sing the song of heaven? Well, our Christian faith's response to that question is the whole reason we are gathered here this morning. The whole reason we will gather this week again for Christmas. We don't need to be afraid, either afraid of our world or of God, because we have seen God's face. And not only have we seen God's face, we have seen it in this totally unanticipated way. Imagine with me for a moment what must have happened in the heavens when God first told the angels of God's plan to come among us as a baby. Wait, a baby? 
a baby? Okay, God, you are God, of course, and we are not. We know this. But could you at least, like, make yourself, like, a magical baby with some superpowers? It wouldn't take much, maybe, like, the power to become invisible or to hurl lightning bolts if the need arose. I mean, really, God, it, the idea to to come as a baby is a, is, is a stroke of genius. We give you credit. <laughs> but, but... Like, doesn't it kind of lack that the adequate safety measures? <laughs> and, and you can imagine that God thanked these heavenly beings. God thanked the angels for their concern, of course. How thoughtful of them. But God was, was going to come as just a regular baby. Because how else could God gain the trust of God's creatures? And there was a risk, a high risk, of course, but that, was, but that was a part of what God wanted us to know. That God was willing to risk everything to get close to us in hopes that we might love God again. One of my favorite poets reflects on this mysterious, crazy choice that God made. She says, she writes, cribbed, cabined, and confined within the contours of a human infant, the infinite defined by the finite, the creator of all life, thirsty and abandoned. Why would he do such a thing? Aren't there easier and better ways for God to redeem his fallen creatures? Indeed, God did not have to show us God's love by becoming totally helpless and defenseless as a newborn baby. The word who was in the beginning with God did not have to reconcile the world in part by trusting that a, a young peasant girl named Mary and a carpenter named Joseph would, would lean more into courage than into fear. God could have just shown up the way some still expect God to return on a human throne with fire and brimstone and flames for eyes and a lion's roar. But just four days from now, living in a culture steeped in fear, we will proclaim that that is not what God did. That is not the choice that God made. God came into this world through Mary's body with Joseph's care surrounded by animals and hay and shepherds. God came into this world wailing at the disruption of birth, hungry for his mother's milk, wanting, needing to be held and cradled and soothed. That is how our God has chosen to show God's face to us. In God's holy wisdom, God knew that in order for us to not be afraid... We needed a savior who would get down into the messiness and the, and the complexity of life with us. God knew that in order for us to not be afraid, we needed a savior for whom flesh and blood, joy and suffering, courage and fear, life and death were good enough to take on firsthand. Thereby absorbing it and all, it all into the heart of the holy. The face of the baby Jesus is the face of our 
Be not afraid, God, who never means us any harm. And it is this face of God, friends, who makes sure that the songs of heaven, all the hark, the heralds of angels on high, begin with the call to be not afraid. What would happen in our lives and in our worlds if we all decided to heed the angels' voices? I offer this to you in the name of God the Father, in the name of Christ his Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to pray with me. God, perhaps this song of the angels is the hardest song of all to sing. How in the world, God, can this message be so drilled home by your messengers and yet seem so unrealistic, so unattainable in our lives right now? You extend a be not afraid to us and we say, but how can we not be? How can we not be afraid? The good news in Jesus is that every extension of grace, every song of, of the heavens extended to us is something that Jesus took on for us when we were not able to do it. God, we know that, that a, a part of being a Christian, a part of, of this faith journey is being people who are told do not be afraid and are fearful anyways, are anxious and worried anyways. It's a part of what, what it means to be human. And we are thankful for, for Jesus born in our midst, the face of God before us, who encountered the very worst of the world and was able to not be afraid because he so believed in the love and hope of the Father. We lean into that, that peace that love, that hope today, God. We pray for all those who are terrified right now and we sing to them and with them and in spite of them and in spite of all the world, do not be afraid. Glory to God in the highest and peace to all humankind. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. There is peace at the table of the Lord.